appreciate it. I appreciate, I appreciate Brother Joe and Miss Sarah. Um, he is he's so he's so good with helping me and and um, gives me great liberty whenever I feel we just need to move on. He'll do it, and and you know that's a blessing. A lot of a lot of pastors don't have that, and I certainly appreciate it. Psalms one twenty one. If you find your place, let's stand together. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Verse 2, let's read together. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I want you just to, if, you mark, if you're accustomed to marking your Bible, notice two words that are constantly the Lord, verse number 2. Verse 5, the Lord. Twice he said, the Lord. Verse 7, the Lord. Verse 8, the Lord. He kind of had to get the idea that David had learned where his help was going to come from. Tonight, just as very simple message with this question. Where does your help come from? Where does your help come from? Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Uh, Zeke, how about you pray? Amen. You'll be seated. If you're not found out by now, you will find out soon that our paths of life are rarely straight, smooth, and level. Instead, most of life is the best bumpy at times. Oh, Bob Jones Sr. said, Life is tattered with stepping stones that either crush us or take us to another level. 
and how true it is from faith to doubt, fear to courage, from happy to sad, from healthy to sick, from There's a tendency to be very up and down. Today, as you, you maneuver navigating this world, you begin very quickly, very quickly, you'll just observe people. There's a great deal of frustration uh, in, in our land today, perhaps more so than has been in days gone by. There's always been a certain amount of it, but now it seems like that frustration. Um, and, uh, you know, these parents that are having to homeschool, and uh, by the time the day's out, they're very frustrated. You know, they're, they're very challenged, and and uh, parents that have never had to do that to help their kids and because of all that's going on. It's a very challenging day at best. But how do we look at these obstacles we face each day? Are we Christian atheists? Who in the world, what is a Christian atheist? Well, a Christian atheist is a person who says they believe in God. That's all powerful. But in life, they live as if he's not. That's a Christian atheist. Psalms 121 has been called a traveler's psalm. As a matter of fact, it was sung as pilgrims were, were traveling, especially from a... a out of town back into Jerusalem because Jerusalem set up on a hill and as they would enter up that hill and they would see that hill they would sing this psalm so it was called a traveler's psalm not only that as a matter of fact this psalm was the favorite psalm of missionary David Livingston as he made his way to Africa in 1840 and so it became a very encouraging psalm if you will Psalms 121 is also what's called a descending psalm. In other words, as a, uh, an ascending psalm, as they would make their way up the steps, and it's kind of strange for us, but it wasn't for them. As they would make their way up the steps to the temple, they would stop on the step and start singing. They would sing a verse, and they would go up another step, and they would sing. deal was that the song was to ready their heart before got into the house of God for worship. I think it's very interesting. One of the greatest battles that's raging in the churches in California is singing. They are literally battling Tooth and nail to sing. Because you see, for one thing Satan doesn't want you to do tonight, he doesn't want you to worship God. He'll do anything 
husband and wife before you come to church if he can keep you from worshiping God. So he wants us, and singing was used as they would come. Matter of fact, this psalm, the truth of it, is found in 1 Peter 1, 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, readily revealed in the last time. So, now there's one thing for certain. One thing for certain. Every person here, sometime in life, you'll need help. You, you might as well get off this attitude, this he-man, he-woman, superwoman attitude, he-man attitude, well, I don't need help from anybody. No, somewhere, sometime, you'll need help. I, I love Uh, her daughter would come in and take care of her, and he took care of the old man. One day she fell in the, in the bathtub. She hollered for him. And uh, he, he went, he, he stood the door and said, Ma'am, I can't go. She said, Tom, Tom, get in here. Said, Grab the towel and just cover me up. So he picked her up, got her into the into bed. And later on that night, she looked at him. She said, now, Tom, let me give you somewhere or sometime in your life. And you better not let your pride get in the way of it. I love that. We all need help. And uh, as truth of the matter is, no doubt there's many that's come to church tonight. And somebody said, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing wonderful. You smile at them. But the truth of the matter is, you really need some help tonight. <laughs> You're facing circumstances. You've got, you've got some issues. You don't know the uh, answer. I did not ask Elijah to sing that song, but I was sitting there thinking, my, what a perfect song for this message. Sometimes... God puts us on stop to say, I want to help you. And so this psalm, and as pilgrims would come into the city and up the steps, they would start singing. But the question begs, where do we get our help? Is Governor Cooper going to help us? I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, is, is a, a, a new president going to help? I doubt it. The odds are, they'll just complicate matters more. See, we have to ask ourselves the question, where are we looking? Because many times, if we're not careful, the hills, notice how he opens this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from which cometh my help. First thing he's seeing is the hills. Now, he asked the question, where am I going to get my help? 
He sees the hills. That's your problems. That's our circumstances. That's those things that maybe are not in others' lives, but they're in yours. They're that mountain you can't seem to get over. That mountain you can't seem to get around. And and today you took a nap but woke up and the first thing you saw was the mountain or your trouble or your trial or your challenge. And the first thing you'll wake up in the morning is see your challenge. But the psalmist is saying, I want you to look a little higher than that. I told you this message is robed in simplicity. It's so simple. But I find that in the simple things, I miss God. I don't miss God in the real complicated things. I miss God in the simple things. Let me just kind of put it to you this way. I see the problem in this issue. I'm going to fix it myself. I'll take care of this. I'll this out. I'll come up with a plan. I know what to do. And usually, if it was a simple problem to begin with, it has to become a big, major problem before I find myself doing what I should have done to begin with. It's go to God and get help. Because all of us need help sometime. Oh, can I just say this? And I'm told you it's wrapped in simplicity. When I get done, you'll say, Man, I knew all of that. I know you will, but you need to be reminded of this stuff. Here's what's amazing to me. It's amazing to me the magnitude God goes to get some people's attention to never get that attention. Now, I don't know about you. When things start going What are you got to say? Lord, I'm listening. I'm, you got my attention now. I'm listening. So let me give you three things tonight. Three things tonight. And so as you, as you look from where, 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 where's my help come from? Number one. And, and, and uh, the psalmist said, I want you to look a little higher than your heels because he asked the question and then he answered it. I will lift up mine eyes into the hill from whence cometh my... In other words, whence has the idea of where does my help come from? Then he answered his own question. Notice, my help cometh from the Lord. So now why should we look to the Lord for our help? Let me give you three things. Number one. God's my provider. Just write it down. God is my provider. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now David mentions two problems. One of them we all deal with, and second one, I believe our day and hour we're having to live in it. First one, he said, I've got a, a slipping problem. A slipping problem. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. Has the idea 
Have you ever been walking on something and the floor's real slippery? You feel like going that way and you're just sliding all over and you're in the fear of falling? David saw this. Boy, I take and I, I got those times when my life seems to be slipping, uh, and there's times in my Christian life that's slipping. And then he said, I've got a sleepy times. He said, I find that he that keepeth thee will not slumber. In other words, there's times, he said, I find myself slipping. Boy, this time that we're living now, a lot of people are slipping. And what's really sad, and, and, and I love you dearly, but I ain't got some of you woke up yet. Amen. I'm not so sure if my glad to come and sit in your lap to get you woke up. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Nod off and look up, and I'm sitting in your lap. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be scary. That'd be a scary thought, wouldn't it? There is. I, I tell you, don't, please don't move this out. Please don't. I know it's terrible. I've asked God to forgive me, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I've watched people sleeping and slumbering during the service, and I'm thinking they're going to fall out on their face. And no matter what I can do, I'm going to bust out laughing. No matter what I can do, I, I know it's going to happen. See, the truth of the matter is, David talked about two things. He said, he would not suffer my foot to be moved. Folks, that's the reason. See, this is bigger. This is bigger than my opinion and your opinion. This is bigger than us. That's the reason why we need to be in church. That's the reason services is so important. That's the reason why your faithfulness is so important. So you don't, you're not moved. You're not moved. I'm, there are folks right now, that are, there are churches right now, the pastor is battling the whole church because they're satisfied with one service on Sunday morning from their car. Now, let's get honest. Let's get honest. Man, I got used to 11 o'clock service. I didn't. I could sleep in on Sunday to about nine. Get up and I'm telling you, I kind of got used to it. Well, that first Sunday back for Sunday school, he about kill me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was different. Now, is that not true? Now, go ahead and be, be, be honest. It's just us tonight. Boy, you get. Sleeping a little later and having to get up earlier, and, 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 and worse yet, some people come in the pajamas, and you had to get you had to get dressed. And some this is a big thing. Some couldn't drag your biscuit and coffee in the church to eat, but you could in a car, right? Oh, that's right. But the only problem with that is this: no matter what you do. No matter how we do it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your faithfulness in coming. Please don't believe me. I, I appreciate and, and And if we had to, we would do it again in a heartbeat. And I'm not going to say we won't have to. If we have to, we will. But I'm here to tell you, that can't be the normal because there's no way you can get from God sitting in a car and what you get from sitting in these pews. 
no matter how good it is, no matter how good a preacher it is. No, it's just it's just different. Uh, uh, I, I mean, it's just different. So verse 1 said he's searching for help. And verse 2, he found the source of our help. One of the greatest failures is this. We focus on the circumstances rather than the Christ who's in the source of our help. All through the Bible, Matthew 14, 28, Peter said, Lord, if it's you to bid me to come, and he gets out and goes, and he walks on water, praise God. But when he eyes on the circumstances around him, he started to sink. And we'll start to sink every time we get our eyes on the circumstances around us. A little boy was playing in the sandbox and has cars, his trucks, and plastic pail, and uh, a, new, a plastic shovel. And in the process, he started building a road and tunnels. But he discovered a large rock right in the middle the sandbox. The little boy, he dug around the rock, managed to dislodge it from the dirt. He finally pushed and nudged the rock to the edge of the sandbox. But he just couldn't get it out of the sandbox. He tried and he worked and he worked and his, and his daddy's standing over here on the edge and he's watching him just work. Up. He's just working and working. He's got every idea he can to work. And, and finally he just blesses in the tears and he's all, he's plumb out of frame. And he notices a shadow. His dad says, son, why didn't you use all the strength you had available? And little boy through tears said, Daddy, I did! He said, no, you didn't. You didn't ask me. Is that not us? We're just working and we're just striving. We're just working as hard as we can. And, 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 and we're never stopping to say, Father, would you help me? And he picked up the rock. Verse 1, he's searching for him. Verse 2, a source of help. Notice verse 3, the stabilizing help. One of the biggest reasons we have in this, he will not suffer my foot to be moved, nor he that keepeth. Sometimes life is like walking on an ice skating rink. We have times where we're skating along pretty good. We're pretty, pretty, pretty solid. All oh, then those times we've all flat on the backside. Verse four: Slumberless Savior watches over us. Psalm said, "I'll not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he that keepeth thee will not slumber." I'm gonna ask you a question. I need an honest. I need an honest answer. How many times has your troubles kept you awake? I've, I've spent time. So why did you? Why? This is a comes to mind. I, I just love Jurassic Park. <laughs> that movie. And when the dinosaur gets He said, I'll stay awake. 
He said, all night? He said, all night. And I've, I've watched that and I've thought, a lot of times we spend all night long being awake when in fact, why should we stay awake when he's awake? Why should we stay awake worried and fretting when he's already awake? He don't sleep. That's I, I, amazing. He's not. He never gets weary. He never gets weary. And God tells us to go to sleep because I'm not. Psalm 34, 15, The eyes of the Lord upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. So where do you go when you need help? Where's that person you run to in the time of help? Do you look up? I love this story. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, I'll not read it all. Jehoshaphat finds themselves, the army surrounded them and going to destroy them. They've done all that they can do. And, and I love this. Jehoshaphat gathers all of Judah together. And he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And this is what he said. He said, O Lord God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven? And rulest thou not over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is with able to withstand thee? O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. He makes this statement is so profound. Neither know we what to do. He said, we don't know what to do. Have you ever been to the place you just didn't know what to do? Neither know we what to do. But the next, but our eyes are upon thee. He got his wife. He got his youngest. They stood in And God sent a message to the prophet and that whole army was wiped out. See, the reality is he learned that God is our provider. Why should we look up? God is my provider. Number two, God's not only my provider, but He's my protector. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade of thy right hand. And the sun should not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. In the Middle East, that statement would have rung so true to them because in the Middle East, in the daytime, the sun would absolutely scorch you. It was so hot. But at night, it would go to the other extreme and you would freeze to death. And you know what he's just saying? He said, I'll protect you from both those. He said, I'll be your keeper when the extremes of life come. Most of us tonight, live in a very normal, humdrum, boring, 
everyday stuff. Most do. Till that phone call comes. If you're not having a phone call, hang around. You'll get one one day. They'll just shake your world. Until you get the doctor's report and the diagnosis is cancer, and I don't care how big a man you think you are. Just those, I don't, I don't care how strong a woman you think you are. Those words are just absolutely devastating. I was in the hospital one day, and her name was Annie Holtzclaw. And I was walking down the hall, and she hollered at me. I went in, not Annie, wasn't Annie Holtzclaw. It was, um, uh, she was Roma Holtzclaw. And uh, Roma, she, she said, uh, hey, preacher. I went in, and uh, she said, I'm having some tests run, and I'm waiting on the doctor. And about that time, the doctor come in. He said, well, maybe you ought to sit down. And that's not a good sign. And he said, ma'am, so I can just tell you, you're eat up with cancer. And he said, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. You might have 90 days. And that's tough. You, you just got to live that to understand what that is. It's challenging. The extremes in life. Until that circumstance or issue comes in our lives that we're not ready for, prepared for. Romans 8, 22, For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves which have the first fruits of the Spirit. We, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption, the wit and redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we have hope for that we see not, then we do patience wait for him. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not that we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes the intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Praise God for what we can know because when the things come that we don't know, it'll be all right. If we know some things, that's the reason I keep over and over and over and over sharing with you. Know what you believe. Because what you know will help you when you face that you don't know what to do with. But you've got to be settled in what you know. You're not to be, be stumped. At certain times of life, give us uncertainty. Our children bring sometimes. And be honest with you, 
I tell you, when you'll figure out how to raise your children when they move out. <laughs> See, some of you parents thought, man, I, I'm going to get this. You'll get this when they're old enough. It's amazing how stupid you are to them when they're 15 and how smart you get in just a few years as they get older. So there's no way. Why should we look up? Number one, God's my provider. I told you, God's second my protector. And number three, God is my preserver. The Lord shall preserve thee from how much evil? How much? All evil. He shall preserve thy soul. And the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. If you wanted to do what is right, if you're willing to do what is right, uh, I, I, I told you a young man today, I said, we just, just got to keep doing right. Whenever you don't know what else to do, just do right. If you'll keep doing right, God has promised he'll always preserve you. Men like Joseph and Daniel are examples. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Psalm 16, 5. The Lord is a portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Job 23, 14. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and me such things are with him. The story is told of a national magazine. By the way, it's a true story. And uh, he was assigned to take pictures over his forest fire. And he was told there'd be a small Cessna plane waiting at the airport to pick you up and fly you over so you could take pictures for the newspaper of this, this uh, fire. Sure enough, he gets there right before uh, sundown. He jumps in the place and said, well, let's go. So the pilot got the plane and he seemed to be a little nervous, but he just thought it because he was flying over a fire. So they started flying. Finally, he said, now listen, I, I want you to go as low as you can so I can take pictures. And the pilot said, pictures? Pictures? Why are you taking pictures for him? He said, I'm a photographer for the newspaper, but you're not the flight instructor. See, that's why some of us are living life. We need to realize we got a God that preserves us. I, I don't know what that means to you. That means tonight I'll pillow my head and sleep well. Because I know who's going to take care of us. I know who's going to preserve us. It, it, it's as matter, it's as simple. But Psalms 118 says it's better to put to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. See, by trusting in the Lord, we learn to look higher than the hills. By the way, everybody's got hills. How many of you handle it? 
Just think how many would say, I have just one hurt. Just just one. I got one issue, one one challenge, one problem. One, just just one of them. And I probably should ask the questions. That one thing is just gently draining you. You, you, you're demanding. See, see and you're, you're demanding. You want to fix it, but you don't know how to fix it. See, the Bible says, look into the hills which come my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I told you from the very beginning. It's about a simpler message. But you know what? Coming across the parking lot in this service, I was reminded. I need to hear that message again. Because you see, I have a tendency to look at my heels and call Neil to bring his motorcycle over there. I have a tendency to well, if I've done this, and I, I, I just do that all the time. When in reality, I need to look above the hills because if God allowed that in my life, what's He wanting me to see that He wants to do? See, if you never had problems, you can never know God can take care of your problems. And man, what a truth and what a comfort that is. He's my, He's three things, three things. Let me get back over here where I was at. Three things. He is, He is, my provider, he is my protector, he is my preserver. So I'll stand to your feet. One question tonight. It's a simple question. It's a very simple question. Where does your help? Where do you look to for help? Just a simple question. Where does your help come from? Tonight, where does your help? Help come from.